Hey, and welcome to Imani Nicole, the podcast, the place where you can be both spiritual and the most authentic version of yourself. I'm your host and lit life coach, Imani, and I will help demystify spiritual concepts and empower you to be the most lit version of yourself as you navigate your spiritual journey, relationships, and self-evolution while having a ton of fun in the process. Let's be our best selves together and let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to my energy. I'm so happy and excited that you're here. And thank you so much for hanging out with me for another week. And if this is your first time, welcome, welcome. So like, first of all, on a very real note, like, how are y'all doing? I know this week, at least at the time of this recording, which is March 16th, there's just, there's so much going on in the sky right now. Like the planets are squaring up with each other. Like it's, it's just a lot. I'm not even going to lie. I've been feeling a little bit tired lately. So I'm actually recording this podcast right now in my pajamas on the couch under a really fuzzy blanket in my bonnet. Like (laughs) that is just what, that's what the vibe is today. And honestly, like that's a vibe what I want for my podcast like like yeah you're gonna learn a lot but like I just I want this to be the most like laid back like I want us to feel like besties just like eating pizza on the couch having wine or coffee tea water (laughs) whatever you feel the most fun with and I just like want us to vibe out you know what I mean so like I don't know if you need to do work from your couch at the time of this recording let this be a sign to be like, yeah, just call in be like, mm, I'm going to do work from home today. <laughs> if you don't already or like, I don't know, work from your couch if you can or whatever that looks like for you. Take it easy on yourself. You know, whatever it takes for you to show up and take it easy. Do that thing. So before we actually dive into our topic today, I would love to read a rating and review for the podcast. And this sweet review is from Kay Williams 0726-03. And she says, I'm going to try not to like sob right now. But she says, Imani Nicole is a real deal. Imani doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. I'm so blessed to share this space with Imani as part of Turn Up Squad. And I have been so thankful to learn and be taught by Imani. This podcast has been a natural progression of her growth and expansion of her brand. I've watched her from being in her graduate school program to now tuning into her true life's calling. I'm so happy to be able to continue to have a whole podcast of her teachings to be able to access to such a blessing, manifestation, tapping, life coaching, so many things to learn about. So thank you so much for that review. And I also want to say thank you so much to everyone who actually entered the giveaway. It is now over and sweet cayenne actually won i just appreciate each and every rate and review so so much and when you leave a rate and review it helps expand the podcast and reach more people who it's actually meant to reach so um if you feel led to leave a review i would greatly appreciate it and i have a little gift for everyone who leaves a review if you haven't already so all you would need to do is leave a review for the podcast and you can do this i think the most easily on apple podcasts 
If you listen anywhere other than Apple Podcasts, so if you listen to this on Spotify or Google Podcasts or whatever else is out there, um, what you can do is go to CastBox, that's C-A-S-T-B-O-X dot com and search Imani Nicole the podcast and you'll be able to leave a review there. So all you need to do is send me an email or DM on Instagram. That's also totally fine with a screenshot of your review. And I would be so, so happy to send you a freebie. It is a tapping video that I just love. It's so powerful. And it's all about being able to hold on to and tap into your bliss while you are actively manifesting and waiting for your manifestation to come to fruition. So if you're into that, I would very much appreciate it. If it's on your heart to leave a review, I would love that so much. And let's dive right into this episode. So I saw a post and the core of her question was, how do you get over fear? And I realized that we hadn't even really talked about fear here on the podcast yet. There's so many topics to dive into. And so if you've been in my sphere for, you know, a long amount of time, this is not the first time you've heard me talk about this. But my knowledge has expanded since then. And my understanding has expanded since then, um, since I first talked about it. And um, as I continue to talk about it. And so yeah, I'm just really excited to like update you with my learnings and things like that. I just I want to dive into how the brain processes fear and the role that the subconscious mind plays in our fear response. So as humans, we are hardwired to seek safety. And so feeling fear is an automatic response, which means we really don't have to think about it, right? And so the more automatic a response is, the deeper it is wired into our subconscious. So when we see something that we perceive as danger or threat, the amygdala, which is a little almond-shaped part of our brain, our amygdala instantly fires off and says, whoa, whoa, now big fella, something ain't right here. Some in the buttermilk ain't clean which triggers our fight or flight response. And so while we're most familiar with like fight or flight, there's actually four main ways that we can physiologically respond to fear. And as I go through these, I would love for you to just think about how fear manifests in your life. So of course we have fight, which means to confront the thing or attack it, right? And so ultimately we can think of this as aggression. And so this can look like arguing or it can even look like a physical fight in some extreme cases, right? And so this is obviously physical aggression. And I would also argue that relational aggression can fit under the fight umbrella too. So if you're not familiar with relational aggression, that just is a more indirect form of aggression because the person that is engaging in this aggression, this type of aggression, responds to threat by damaging someone's reputation, their social status, their friendships, their relationships, right? So like those relational aspects of someone's life is the target, right? So some examples of this could be 
um, excluding someone from the friend group, talking behind someone's back, spreading rumors, gossiping about someone that you're consciously or subconsciously threatened by, things of the like, right? So you see relational aggression more in, you know, young girls and like adolescents and stuff like that. But it is not blind to me that this definitely happens in grown adulthood. Okay, like I watch Real Housewives. (laughs) So like, I know that this is very much a thing, right? And so we also have the flight response, which is ultimately avoidance. So we know the primal examples of flight, obviously, for running away from a lion, okay? But in terms of modern society, this is where escapism lives. This is where our maladaptive coping mechanisms and vices live. So a funny example of this, well, not funny, haha, because it was actually very stressful for me at the time. So when I was in grad school and I had like a really big presentation or like a really big deadline, that was when I decided to clean my room or my house or whatever, right? And I was not big on cleaning in those days. And so (laughs) it was honestly as if I couldn't bring myself to work on a thing, but my room would be spotless. And in those instances, cleaning became a distraction, right? So distracting yourself from the threat by doing something else can also be seen as a polite response. Denial can also live here, right? So like burying your head in the sand, right? Denial is the ultimate avoidance. And, you know, saying like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a problem or anything like that. And like, while yes, a little piece of that is valid and true, like sometimes we catastrophize but if we say that to avoid the problem that's a fear response and so next up is freeze which is exactly what it says right so if we think of this from a primal perspective the freeze response would be an animal playing dead because a lot of animals in the wild won't eat something that's already dead right and so in modern times you can think of the freeze response as detachment and dissociating and so the freeze response can present itself as numbing your emotions vegging out isolating yourself mentally checking out right The last way that we can respond to a threat is the fawn response. That means we just kind of go with the flow and try to appease the threat in the hopes of eventually being able to fight or flee. And so this can look like submission to whatever someone says, being overly agreeable and having no boundaries or not communicating your boundaries for fear of making someone angry, right? So this is like extreme people pleasing, yeah? So those are the different ways that we can respond to fear and even recognizing the way that you respond to a perceived threat is a great start. And you may have listened to all of these and been like, hmm, I kind of see myself in all of these, right? Like I have definitely done most, if not all of these, right? So you can even think about the way that you respond in your, maybe your financial life or your relationships or your work, right? Or anything like that, right? So just being aware of that. Awareness is such a great start because awareness precedes all change. 
And it can feel like fear is the bane of our existence, right? We can find ourselves thinking, well, if I didn't feel afraid, I would start the business, start the podcast, ask for the raise, whatever it is. And it's the number one thing that keeps us from moving forward. And I think sometimes the expectation can be, well, I have to feel fearless before I can do X, Y, Z. But let me tell you, no one is completely fearless unless you are an actual psychopath. And I'm not even kidding. I studied dark personality traits for five years and I know I kind of know what I'm talking about here. (laughs) But what happens in people that appear fearless is that they either one are probably desensitized from doing it so many times that the fear of that specific thing has evolved or two, they moved with the fear and used it as a tool. And so there are lots of ways to be able to move through and with your fear that don't make you your number one bully, which we'll talk about. But fear is not the enemy. Fear is very functional and ultimately it keeps us alive. So when I hear, you know, fuck fear and you know screw fear it's keeping me from everything what I'm hearing is I wish I responded to fear differently and if you've conditioned yourself to letting fear stop you then the only enemy at hand is that habit of letting fear or the presence of fear mean that you don't get to take action. So if you've been listening to the past few episodes, I've been talking about, you know, building habits and things like that. And so letting fear stop you is just a habit. That's it. That's all. And so thankfully, new habits can be formed and feeling the fear and doing it anyway is also a habit. And there are definitely ways to do this without sending your nervous system into shock because at the end of the day and at the core of cores, fight, flight, freeze and fawn are trauma responses. And so I want to share with you a few things that you can do to soothe your nervous system before and after taking a scary action. So I've talked about this many, many times on my podcast, but one of the things that can really help calm your nervous system down is tapping or EFT or emotional freedom techniques, literally all the same thing. And I talked about why tapping is such a powerful technique in episode two, if I'm not mistaken. So go listen to that if you haven't already. But just to briefly explain again, in case you haven't heard that episode yet, tapping is so powerful to use when you're feeling activated or you're feeling fearful in the moment because it calms down your amygdala. Remember her? She's responsible for triggering the fight or flight response. So tapping when you're activated actually turns down your physiological fear response. So if you tap on a specific fear over time, you can actually clear it because you're addressing your fear through your subconscious. So tapping before you do something that makes you nervous or that you're scared to do is really, really powerful. And it really, really calms you down. And in the next episode, I'll actually do a tapping for you to do in case you are going to be doing something that makes you nervous. You know, if you have an important meeting that you're talking about, you know, an important convo or, you know, just before doing anything that requires you to use your courage. And I'm really excited to share that with you. The next thing that I want to share that really helps me calm my nervous system down. I'm a really big fan of physically moving nervous energy. And so it could be as gentle as going for a walk or stretching 
or it could be as effortful as doing a workout or dancing before taking the scary action. So when I was new to leading like Sunday night squad calls or power hour even, which I lead those inside turn up squad where we, you know, journal and meditate every Monday or hell, like even when I would like just speak in front of people in general, I would be so freaking scared y'all like every single time. And the only thing that would calm me down is blasting the greatest by Sia in my headphones, jumping up and down and shaking my body like a mad person to just move that energy. And this is one of my favorite things to do is, you know, as you're shaking your body is pairing a song with it because it's as if like shaking the shaking of your body is like moving the nervous energy out of your body. And the song is like, like replacing that scared nervous energy with like affirmations and really powerful words. It is truly a winning combo. So like I just can't recommend that enough too. And the last thing to help soothe your nervous system is meditating or breathing techniques. So breath is literally life. Slow deep breaths in particular, okay? Also a major key alert is exhaling longer than you inhale. So inhaling for three, exhaling for six, or inhaling for four, exhaling for eight. My favorite breathing pattern is breathing in for five, holding for three, and exhaling for 10. As you're breathing, you want to make sure that you're breathing from your diaphragm because when we're stressed, we tend to breathe from our chest. And so when we think about chronic stress, we can experience it through like rapid breathing or shortness of breath and we don't even realize it. And so just take note of like how you're breathing right now. So Are you breathing from your chest or are you breathing from your belly? And so when you're breathing from your chest, you use your shoulders to push air out. And so when we're breathing like this, we're not activating the diaphragm as much as we could, which means our bodies aren't getting as much oxygen as they could. And you may be thinking, okay, this is fine, but like, how the hell do I breathe from my diaphragm? Which is the question I had when I first learned about um, breathing from your diaphragm. And so if you're in a position to do this, I highly recommend you do this. Um, If you're driving, just, you know, don't. But you want to sit up straight and place one hand on your stomach and another on your chest. And don't change your breathing, just to notice and observe which hand is moving. So if both hands are moving, you're breathing from your chest. And if the hand on your stomach is moving while your top hand is relatively still, that means you're breathing from your diaphragm. So let's just practice a few deep breaths together. I'm sure we could all use it. (laughs) So with your hand still on your stomach and your chest, so you can kind of, you know, feel this happening in real time. I'm going to count you into an inhale of five. We're going to hold it for three and we're going to exhale for 10. So we're just going to do that like twice. Okay. So exhale all of the air out of your lungs and we're going to inhale for two, three, four, five, hold it and exhale for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Good, and let's do that one more time. So inhale for two, three, four, five, hold, two, three, and exhale for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
nine, ten. And so you can really know if you are breathing from your diaphragm, if you feel your stomach rise and expand on the inhale and kind of contract and fall on the exhale. Okay, so now that you're armed with exercises for your nervous system, next I want to share a framework that I created called Spark Through Your Fear. And this is a way for you to move into action in the face of fear because that's just a habit, just as not taking action due to fear is a habit too. So these practices can help you rewire your brain to help you reframe fear and build your courage muscle. So first up, we have S, which stands for start small when it comes to doing something scary. And you don't have to start off with doing anything dramatic like turning in your two-week notice to your boss if that scares you, right? You're not going to go to the gym for the first time and try and deadlift 200 pounds. You'll hurt yourself. But if you start off with something small, the message that you send to your brain is, oh, okay, cool. So the world didn't end. We didn't die. This is fine. And it could be anything that will get you out of your comfort zone. This could be speaking in class or speaking up in a meeting or signing up and like going to that dance class that you've been eyeing, but you've been too scared to sign up for, right? Or talking to someone new or telling someone a lofty goal that you've never told anyone because that is actually really scary. But the intention, the ultimate intention with starting small is to show your brain that you're fine, And this actually builds your tolerance for feeling fear in the first place and not avoiding it. So next up is P for practice. So habits are formed with consistency. And bravery and courage is just a muscle that you need to flex and build often. So going along with our gym example, you're not going to go to the gym once and expect to hit your end strength goal. You have to keep going and keep showing up in order to see results. So one thing to practice is to do one thing that scares you every day. And I feel like this is such a cliche, but it's so true, right? It doesn't even have to be a different thing. So maybe you have, for example, a mild case of social anxiety and you have a fear or you're nervous about talking to new people. So a way for you to get out of your comfort zone every day without doing something different every day is to talk to someone new every day. Or if you have a fear of speaking, maybe another example is going live every day or posting a video of you talking on your social media, whatever it is, it can be one small thing every day for you to practice until it doesn't seem so scary anymore, right? The next part is A, which is to acknowledge it. And we're going to spend some time here because this is a huge one. Sometimes we treat our fear like, okay, well, if I close my eyes, maybe it'll go away because I can't see it. But that kind of thinking is hella erroneous because when you open your eyes again, your fear is right there. Actually, the more time you spend ignoring your fear, the fucking bigger it's going to get because you refuse to see or do anything about it. Or worse, sometimes 
oftentimes we can bully ourselves because our fear exists or we can gaslight ourselves into thinking that we shouldn't feel the fear, right? So not only do we acknowledge fear here, it's acknowledging our fear with compassion instead of resentment or frustration or even shame for having the fear. So once I started my personal development journey, I resented my fear like no freaking other. I was like, fuck you fear and it's fear's fault that I can't move forward. And one of my spiritual teachers told me these fears exist because a previous version of us learned that it wasn't safe to do the thing. So the deeper I got into my self-love journey, the more expressions like fuck you fear made me cringe because that was just an indication that I ultimately resented that version of myself. And so when I realized that I was doing that, I had a deep desire to change my attitude toward fear because self-resentment was not in alignment with self-love. And so I started to approach my fear with compassion. And when we're in the energy of fear is keeping me from everything I want, We have to be really careful with that because that puts us in the energy of blaming, which is really not productive at all. And so basically, depending on how much time you have, you can acknowledge your fear in one of these few ways. Y'all, this is basically a masterclass on fear. Like if you're not taking notes, then I don't know. What are you doing? But anyway, the first way, you know, if you only have a minute or a short period of time, you can acknowledge your fear by saying something as simple as taking a deep breath and saying to your fear. I see you. I hear you. Thanks for protecting me. I choose to see this differently and I have an opportunity to write a new story, right? So talking to yourself in this way is a way for you to invite compassion to the room. Even taking a beat to do this to shift the energy in a compassionate way is really helpful, So if you have like time, time to really dive deep into this fear, and I'm talking like maybe mm, 10 or so minutes, you can journal it out. So I've taken, you know, previous clients through this. And so this may sound familiar to you if you've been a client of mine. The first prompt is, you know, what exactly is this fear? And what is the story that you're telling yourself behind this fear? When I say story, I I ultimately mean like, what are you telling yourself about yourself or about the situation because this fear exists? So a very quick example of this could be, I have a fear of sharing my ideas on social media. And the story that I'm telling myself is that I will be ostracized for my ideas and everyone will hate me. Okay, so part two, when and where did this fear originate? So this question really brings, you know, further awareness to this fear, okay? And then the third part, What does the earlier version of you who learned this fear needs to hear in order to heal? Okay, and so now we've made it to R, which is to rationalize. So a lot of the time, we're not actually afraid of doing the thing. What we're really afraid of is the outcome of doing the thing. So often we resort to the worst case 
scenario, right? So in the example that I gave you earlier, right, the worst case scenario would be that everyone hates me and I'd be excluded from the friend group or, you know, I'd have people talk about being behind my back, blah, 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 whatever. And thankfully, it's hardly ever as bad as we think it's going to be. And a lot of the time, we don't even allow our brains to go to the worst case scenario. So oftentimes, especially if you are someone who has a brain that is more prone to anxiety or anxious thoughts, it can sometimes feel a little too natural to catastrophize. And honestly, like let your brain play with the worst case scenario, right? So if people do end up talking about you behind your back or they do end up ostracizing you from the friend group, while yes, that would be a painful situation, you'd find new friends. You know what I mean? And it's also not as bad as you. I mean, if those were your real friends anyway, they would not. They would support you, right? So that gets to be... So you living your jolly life and living a big life should not be threatening to your friend group. And if it is, then maybe that's an indicator that needed better friends for real. But anyway, enough of that example. (laughs) So we are at our final letter K, which is know that you can. Sometimes we can place limits on ourselves so much based on what we think we're capable of. And we take ourselves out of the game before it even starts. And the best way to do this is to look for evidence of something that you thought at the time you could not see your way out of because you thought you weren't capable, but you did. If you take a moment to remind yourself of all the times that you did show up in spite of fear, that is evidence that you can absolutely move with and through your fear and know that you can do it over and over and over again. So know that you can move with and through this fear and give yourself a chance to actually surprise yourself. If anything, like let today be the last day that you sit in the parking lot while the game is going on, right? Like let today be the last day that you count yourself out before you even get a chance to try, okay? Because at the end of the day, letting fear stop you is a choice, And maybe up until today, it was a subconscious choice, but now you get to choose again. And my God, I cannot wait to see where you end up because you get to choose differently. Juicy. Yum. Okay. So recapping spark. S, start small. P, practice. A, acknowledge it. R, rationalize. And K, know that you can. So this was a very jam-packed episode, (laughs) chock full of information. So if you didn't take notes or anything like that, I recommend that you do (laughs) Um, because this was just really good. And if this resonated for you, let me know, like tag me on Instagram um, in the stories or in a post or whatever. And leave a review for the podcast. I would absolutely love that so, so much. And um, yeah, that is all I have for you today. I will see you soon on the next episode where we will tap on our fear. And I will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, tell me about it. 
Find me on Instagram at Imani Nicole and tag me and tell me what you loved about this episode. I love hanging out with you and I cannot wait to talk to you next week. See you soon.